theyeshiva.net. Five lines from the bottom. So we're describing the atzomais, the bones, the skeleton of davening, which is connected to the mayach, to the brain, his boininus, the mental awareness, contemplation, bina, tvuna. Ah? mental awareness, the meditation in the in the truth of the truth that he describes here of Shema Yisrael Hashem is Eleikeinu and therefore Hashem Echad and Baruch Shem Kvayt Malchusay which creates the Olam Vod Lashon of the Maimer that essentially Hashem Eleikeinu is Echad why? how could you say it's Echad? because all the Chiyos in the world, the world is essentially divine energy, and all that divine energy is essentially Hashem, is Eleikeinu. It's restricted. It's a restricted trickle, trickle of energy, like a tipa, like a drop of water in the Yamuk Yonis in the Atlantic, and it's not that the drop was taken out of the ocean. The drop is still in the ocean. The same state of the drop before creation is still after creation. So that means at any single moment, the only truth of real reality is Ein Oid Mulvadai. And everything, and, and Baruch from that truth is Baruch Shem Kvayt Malchusay. The Tipa comes out to create the world which from our perspective becomes a very tangible and significant reality, shame, kvoid, malchusay, le'oilam vod. Hence, v'yahavta es Hashem alekecha. V'yahavta es Hashem alekecha is, v'yahavta, you should want, ava comes from the word ava, wanting, love. Ava Hashem alekecha. Avais means desire, desires. V'yahavta, it's with an extra hey. V'yahavta es Hashem alekecha, that I want, that Hashem mamish, the truth of Hashem, which is beyond creation, should be Eloikecha, that he should be Nichlal, he should be submerged and one with the Ein Saif. No other Chefetz, and that's what David HaMelech says, Mili Bashamayim as he says, five lines from the bottom, Ki be'emes e'noid mulvadai, because the truth is, there's nothing beside him, So to who will he desire outside of him when there is e'noid mulvadai? There's nothing else existing truthfully to have a desire to. What are you desiring? You want to desire realness. What is real? What is true? Nothing else is real. Yes, it should become yours. What way is it belonging to you? What way is the Havaya, the ultimate insult? Right. Leos nichlal ba'edein that in other words, my own experience, Elikecha, my own experience, the person wants to be submerged in the air, like the drop in the Atlantic, which it still is. But he should be able to live that way, be able to experience it. She's really teaching that we should think of it, Hashem. It's almost like you yeah. understand that, that almost your, your experience of God you should actually yeah. be the ultimate God. Right, right, right. Or to put it this way, Vahafta. You'll desire, you'll crave that Hashem should be Eloikecha. That Havaya Yutke Vavke should be Eloikecha. Which is back to the Hashem Eloikeinu of the first verse. We asked why the redundancy. You can't just say Hashem Echad. To understand it, you need to explain. Since Hashem Eloikeinu, therefore Hashem Echad. Since the whole Chiyos is really Elohim, is a Tzimtzum. May I in Liesh, like a tippa, and the tippa is still submerged in the source. Therefore, Hashem Echad, Be'emes Hashem Echad, Einoid Mulvada. So, Lemiyach Poit Zulasa. Lemiyach Poit Zulasa. Quite the meditation. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. I just asked a question. Yeah. 
It's not fun. It's not going to be like the question of Benarena Biskeneno. Don't worry. What a teacher tells a child has an impact 40 years later. Go, no freg. Tafsish Vartan Peso, Pesach. Chukas, Moshla Zoyna. Fakir, the Mashal Hazoyna, you want to know how you reconcile this with the Mashal Hazoyna? That's exactly the Havana. What was the idea of the Mashal Hazoyna? That at first glance, when you look at it from the outer layer, what is it? It's Hazoyna. That's what it is. That's the Mashal and Zoyar, Parsha Struma, driving you crazy, trying to contaminate you, trying to derail you, trying to make you promiscuous, v'chuli v'chuli. That's from the outer layer. In other words, that's from a place of concealment where you don't see what it really is. If you can look at it from its pnimiyizdik perspective, then you look at the same reality, at the same energy, and you'll see what is it really. It's a divine energy that is being communicated in the opposite way. And it's all there to make the person closer to his source. To say no. In other areas, it's to say yes. In this area, it's to say no. So now, if he falls, let's now speak about the love, the Ava. If he falls in love with the Zoyna, is he really loving her? <laughs> is he loving her truth? He's loving her Sheker. You understand? He thinks he's loving her truth. She's a Shliach of the Melech. By loving her, he's actually not loving her. He's loving himself. Him, not even himself. He's loving his. He's loving. He's loving the addiction that he needs to get rid of his pain. That's what he's loving. He's not loving himself. If he would love himself, he wouldn't go to her. He's not even loving that. He's hating his pain. It's a different plastic. It's chocolate. Yes, it's the plastic chocolate. I'm in love with chocolate, so I invest my whole life in it, and then one day I found out it's it's, it's a Madoff Bonzi scheme. <laughs> right? It tastes good. That's true. Does Dinkman's a But the question I don't know what it means. It tastes good. The, ta- the, ta- the taste buds that are not refined say wow. I, let's say, taste, what do we taste good? It numbs me from my existential anxiety for a few minutes. That's how it tastes good. It numbs my existential anxiety for a few minutes. Which, which is fine. Which is fine. I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar industry to numb existential anxiety. <laughs> Every, not everything, but not look at the Toyota, but a lot of other things. It's about flipping the channels. They sell a lot of numbness, yeah. That's that's the business we are in in Eilam Haza. To sell numbness, yes. Tranquilizers. Anesthesia. Madison Avenue is not going to pick you up. Okay. But that is Madison Avenue. That is the core of Madison Avenue. Sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no. But the, the Einoid Movada is a description of its reality. It's the description of the reality of the world. Einoid Movada is a description of the reality. It says, Lami Yachboid Zolosa. It's not the saying no, it's the realizing where the, the root of where it's coming from. Right. The saying no is something that you're going to do when you realize that. The no is just the result based on the awareness. Sometimes it's no, sometimes it's yes. With davening? What happens by davening? Well, davening is the time that Hashem gave the Jew to tune into this space within himself and then within the world. I want to see if I found... Somebody heard the Shia yesterday and wrote me a very interesting email.
Huh? These are always fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I could find. There's a lot of. Was it on Moshe's question? Read somebody's email. The question is somebody wrote this. They heard the sheer and they gave these comments. It was pretty deep, I thought. I was very affected by the words of Lakuta Torah. Who are you going to love outside of him when there's nothing else outside of him? But how do I process it? How do I internalize it? Or I do want so many other things. I want everything besides him, actually. <laughs> He's telling me nobody wants. He says, What are you going to want besides him? I want everything besides him. And as somebody said, this idea makes me angry at God. He's all the suffering in my life. If he's everything, he's all the suffering in my life because my life is full of suffering. But now I think that this is the meaning. We want all else because we don't feel that we have him. And the pain is so big without numbing. So everything we want is a form of numbness. Numbing feels better. So we pursue the fake fix instead of the root problem. The root problem is that we're looking for a relationship with truth, which is God. We don't allow ourselves even to feel how much we want Him. We don't allow ourselves to feel how much we need Him in our lives. We don't allow ourselves to feel how lonely and difficult life is without the truth, without Him. That would be too painful to know. So what happens is, we numb even the search. We numb even the fact that we need it and we search it. We make believe we don't need it. And all of our life we pursue these numbing factors. We treat... We can only be angry because we want to be connected so desperately. And when we can't, we need to run to the money, to the fame, to the food, to the addictions, to numb that pain. And when God doesn't deliver us the drug that we need to numb the pain of not relating to God, we get mad at God. Because we're upset that reality did not turn itself into a lie. But reality will never become a lie. And if you don't accept reality, the suffering comes very profound. Is it not true that we do exactly the same things with our loved ones? Because our relationships with other people is always our reflection of a relationship with God. We treat the root problem with God and then we change our life with all of our loved ones too. It's the same side of the coin. People don't want to feel how deeply they need connection with other people. It's too painful to experience. It's too painful to tell yourself that you really must, must have connection. So what do you do? In order to deal with the pain, you make believe you don't need the connection, and you find substitutes to deal with the pain. If we can heal our relationship with God, we can also heal our relationship with other people. We'll be able to realize how deeply we need connection, how vulnerable we are. We could trust it and relate to it and allow ourselves to become one with it and not run away to numbness. It's not just you have to figure out that other things are numbing besides God. It's even to acknowledge that you need God. That acknowledgement for many of us is too painful. Anybody relates to this? Oh. In our marriages... Everybody wakes up. This person continues. In our marriages... We love our spouses, we need them. Because of that, we get so mad at them. Because it's so hard to say that I need you and you're disappointing me. So I get mad at you. What do I do when I got mad at you? I run away from you and I become busy with other distractions because the pain is too big. Most of the time, we don't even have the awareness that we're doing that. When we heal our marriage with God, we will heal all of our marriages. It will spill into the other marriages. Because we're using the muscle of awareness. No doors 
open without using the muscle of awareness. I have been blind most of my life to all of this. I've just recently become aware that any of this exists in our life. We don't realize how attached we are. We must be attached to others, attached to the world, attached to God, because we come from a place of oneness. We come from a place of attachment. All the therapists today who speak about attachment speak the truth. A two-year-old can only run away from his mother to play himself if he turns around and he sees his mother looking at him. Only when we feel attached can we be independent. When we don't feel attached, we are scarred and wounded because we are attached people. We are attached creatures. When we get married, we seek attachment very, very deeply. When we don't get it, or we think we don't get it, or the person causes us uncomfort, instead of going into our attachment piece, what we do is, oh, I don't need this person. In fact, I'm angry at this person. And then everybody develops their own addictions in their marriage to numb the pain of not having the attachment. And this is exactly what our Judaism looks like as well. Okay. Yes. Yes. You can email me. I'll email it to you. I thought that was very profound. Uh, Observation. It looks like I wrote it. What did I have to write an email? Why did I have to tell you it's an email? I couldn't just set it in the sheet. I have a migui, no? Don't I have a migui here? I could have just said it. Or you email? I wanted to add drama to the whole experience. Because the person didn't know this for the first forty years. That's that's the point you couldn't say. <laughs> what? He writes it. Yeah, oh, he admits that he just found it. Oh. That person is a good listener to the sheet. <laughs> no, I did. I did. Ins- I did insert a few words of beer. That I did. I did do that. So that's where you heard me. Mm-hmm. I did insert a few words because some things were just very abstract. Yes. Thinking about this. You want to now psychoanalyze this person? No, we can no. do that. <laughs> is this a I don't think this is a chelik of tefillah. I think this is the chefts of tefillah. This this is tefillah. He calls it the skeleton of tefillah. He calls this the skeleton, the atzamos, the bones of tefillah. No, I think this person is correct. The Rambam says in Hilchis Truvim Perik Yud that the whole Shir Hashirim is a marshal for our relationship with Hashem. All marriage, all relationships, all friendships are a muscle for our relationship with Hashem. Everything. In fact, the Baal Shem Tov says of art that all love in the world is really the love of God to a human being. Meaning, he says, if the king shows up one day in a person's life, it's a beautiful, beautiful vart of the Baal Shem Tov. A person asked me recently, he says, I hear a lot of shiurim on the internet, they live in Brooklyn, and he says, always with relationships, you and relationships. What do you have this addiction to relationships? <laughs> what do you have to stop speaking about relationships? Not with wife, not with people, just, I want to live myself. I don't, stop with relationships. Who, with these, everything, relationships, relationships, relationships. This <laughs> relationship with you is about, you talk about relationships. <laughs> so, uh, I asked him if he wants to work on his relationship with me. No? <laughs> he's right there with relationships. It's like the guy, he tells me, he's like the guy who comes to shul, he always said Kaddish. Somebody was learning, are you finished Kaddish? Shia, Kaddish. You know, it's people, Shia finished. So once, somebody starts screaming at him. You're not supposed to say a lot of Kaddish. He says, where does that say? He says, it's a halacha. He says, it's a halacha. He says, it's a halacha. He says, with you, with with relationships. So, notwithstanding his commentary on me personally, and whether he's he's right or wrong or somewhat right, etc., but uh, the Nekuda, he misunderstood a point. He misunderstood a very important point, which is really connected to this whole theme. And it's a word that the Baal Shem Tov says, it's printed in Kesar Shem Tov. Baal Shem Tov said as follows, what's the concept of love in the world? What, what is love? There's different approaches. Where did love come from? What is it about? Why do we need it? The very secular, uh, I would call it cynical, even though it's not really cynical, it's the approach of evolutionary psychologists, as they're called, is basically love is a trick. It's nature's trick. It's, as I told you once, it's the jelly that your mother used to put on to the bread 
in order to trick you into eating the bread. Because mothers used to think that it's a mitzvah to eat bread until they discover that bread is the worst thing for humanity. But you're not going to eat the bread, so they put jam. You remember those lunches that you used to get? Jam? It was supposed to be considered a good lunch. On the Wonder Bread. Huh? Yes. On the Wonder Bread. Or peanut butter was even worse. (coughs) Right? Etc. Tuna without mayonnaise. V'chuli. So, uh, so they say love is nature's trick. Nature cares about one thing. You've got to propagate the genes. Survival of the fittest. How do I get you to propagate the genes? We make you fall in love. You fall in love, you become stupid. And when you become stupid, you do stupid things. That's how the psychologists explain. You get married. You decide you need kids. You raise your kids. And then at some point, it's too late. At least it's too late. What are you going to do now? Jump off a roof? I mean, some people do that, unfortunately. But thank God most don't. And, and the genes celebrate. We were propagated by hook or by crook. Just propagate yourself. That's it. It's basically nature's trick to propagate the human genome, the human gene. And a lot more people can relate to it. I know a lot of people can relate to this. This is this is taught in universities and uh, textbooks with, with a whole lumpus to it. I mean, this is like the this is the yisoidus of uh, the yisoida yisoidus today of uh, of the secular perspective on romance. This is it. Yiddishkeit has a different perspective. You have it already in Bereshis. Zois hapam, right? Vayomer ha'adam, zois hapam, etzem, meatzomai, uvasor mipsori. He discovers chava, a bone of my bones, a flesh of my flesh, alkain. Therefore, she's called Isha. Ki meish lukacha zois, because the Isha comes from the Ish. Alkein Yazov Ishes Avives Imoi Vedovak Beishtoi Vahoyu Lebasar Echot. Man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and become one flesh. Vayiu Shneim Arumim and they were both without garments. Veloyus Beishosha without shame. Yes, we learned last Shabbos the Maimon Lekuta Torah Matoyz Veisha Kisider Neder that we're going to continue this Shabbos the meaning of that pasuk the connection the meaning both in a marriage in terms of a relationship. Baal Shem Tov takes it a step deeper. And he says as follows. The king wants to be with you 24 hours a day. The problem is you're sitting in your little high school and your little hut. The king shows up, you're going to melt. You're going to melt in fear and awe and dread. You won't be able to show up. So what does he do? He sends a shliach. He sends a messenger to invite you to come meet. So the messenger comes in. The messenger comes in. And what do you do? The Baal Shem Tov says, you embrace the messenger, you kiss him, you love him, you hug him, and you put him in the house and you keep him there forever. He says, no, he was a messenger to bring you to the king. The Baal Shem Tov says, God craves a personal, intimate relationship with every one of us, one of love. All love in the world is essentially a channel of divine love. It's the shliach of God to introduce you to the world of love. Because the truth of every person is the divine. So all love that we experience in the world is essentially a channel, a messenger, a transmission to experience divine love. To exercise the muscle of love, number one. And as he puts it here, the pnimius of every person is the divine. So to love that person for who they really are, rather than for the part of them that could numb a certain pain that I'm having, right, is really a love of God. But it's a love of God that I can relate to, because a person I can relate to. It's like the shliach of the king. So what am I really loving? When I'm really loving the person, I'm loving Hashem. And the definition of love is an invitation to divine love. So he says, whenever you feel love to somebody, it's God reaching out, opening his heart and say, I love you, come close to me. <coughs> what happens is we often detach the person from their source and the love becomes separate from divine love and that love is always disappointing. 
because you're not really connecting to your own true self, and you're not connecting to the truth of the other person. You're connecting to the numbing agent in order to run away from some pain that you're dealing with, rather than going back to really embrace who you are. So all love in the world is really Avas Hashem. So when you bring a muscle from a relationship, it's not a muscle to keep everybody up in the morning. They shouldn't start texting on me. That's the Shaloy Lishma reason that I do it. But there's a Lishma reason. And that is because every relationship is really the relationship with God. There's no other relationship. That's what he's saying here. There's no other Ava. L'mi yach zulasa. It's Einoid Mulvada. So what do you mean Einoid Mulvada? What about Vahaftal Recha Kamaycha? Einoid Mulvada. So why am I putting on tefillin? There's no animal. So why am I why am I drinking a cup of coffee when I say Einoid Mulvada? We can also take the mic and throw it. I mean, I mean, so nobody's here. So if nobody's here, fine. How about good and tug? Let's say Kaddish and that's it. Let's nuke the world. I mean, that's the easiest solution. That's not the Vart. The Vart is not to say there's no world and to perish and to destroy everything. That's not the Chiddush. That was there before creation. The Chiddush is to be able to look at the universe and say, To be able to say, he's not saying there's no Tipa. The Balatanya will never say there's no world, because it's Hepechatayra. There is in the Far East a discipline called Maya. Maya means everything is an illusion. The ego is an illusion. The greatest illusion is that you exist. And therefore death is celebrated. They call death the end of the illusion. Life is basically a chalum, shechalmu achedem al like the matrix. And the end of life means basically you stop dreaming, you wake up. You wake up. Huh? Whatever the concept, uh, whatever you want, whatever you want. Huh? But that's 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 the concept. There was an old yid, a chassid. Him was a baden. It was a. So he used to say, he says, He was an old man. He says, "Rebbeinu shalolim, ninety years I lied. Allow me one day I shouldn't lie." There was a chassid, it was a Michal Dvarkins. He said, what happens when, he, somebody told me once, he asked, he asked a, a yeshiva, bach, what happens when you die? He says, Mehertov Ligen. You stop lying. But, so you're going to say, that's what it is, you stop lying. But that kavone, it says, Hashem created the heaven and earth. The whole Torah mitzvah is based on the fact that there's a world. There's no world, there's no tzedakah. There's no money, there's no trumas, there's no maestros, there's no shabbos, there's no challah, there's no kiddush. You make kiddush on wine and you blow a shreifer with a ram's horn. Einoid mulvade, there's no ram and there's no horn. They say there was a chiddush shtetl of people who knew, who knew at least the oisius. So somebody owed a lot of money to his chaver. He owed a lot of money. So he, came to, he calls him to the rav and he tells the rav, I don't understand, we come to there. Einoid mulvade, what money, when money, alts is garnished, nothing exists. So the Rav says, "Beseder, zomen nem and them garnished, aruf legen afa garnished, arain geben apar garnished, und toitzav etzain garnished. Take this nothingness, put him on a nothingness, whip him with nothing, and the result will be nothing." He said, "Ah, yeah, it does exist. Suddenly, it does exist. Yeah, right. it's so the vart. The vart is not the the, the vart of einad malade. Means you look at the tippa, you see the drop of water." But you see it in the context of the ocean. Like I said before, it's not you're an ocean, and you're not you're not you're a drop in the ocean. You're maybe a drop in the ocean, but the entire ocean is in the drop, and the entire drop is in the ocean. That's what it means. So therefore, you talk about a relationship. Every relationship, you're talking about God. You're not talking about anything else. It, it, I'll put it in this, these words. If you're ever talking about anything, you're talking about Hashem. If not, you're not talking about it. You're talking about a distraction. You're talking about a numbing agent. You're talking about a concealment. If you're ever talking about anything, if you're talking about anything, if you're talking about it, whatever it may be, could be love, could be a relationship, anything, you're talking about Him. L'miyach po'itzulasa. This needs hesber, needs explanation. It's not. It's, this is not a. This is not a shalashudas vertel, as I told you. This is a a welt right? It's a paradigm shift. 
But if you're talking about something, you're talking about, so just go to Avas Hashem. No. So that's what the Baal Shem Tov says. He sends Shluchim. So every person you fall in love with, or every person you have a relationship with, on whatever level that is, it's a mushal for Avas Hashem. But not just a mushal as a parable to be used in a shir. A mushal means it's an entry to Avas Hashem. It comes, it's an extension of Avas Hashem. It's all an extension. That's why there's a Peladikai Rambam in Hilchis Tshuva. The Rambam says, we have a Rambam there. Is a Mishnah Torah really? Oh wow! But of course, not the one that I need. Which one? Mada, Sefer Mada. Okay. The Rambam says in Hilchis Truv in Perik Yud, Aloshin. It's a, it's a fire de Kaloshin. The Rambam says. I mean, if somebody would say it today, they would probably. Uh, I don't want to say what they would do with him. Huh? I'll read it to you because it's uh, too precious not to read. They probably did it to him. Oh, they did do it to him. Of course, they did it to him. Rambam Tshuva Pedik Yud. I'm going to read to you words of the Rambam, okay? These are literally his words without any insertion. I'm just going to translate. Now the Rambam, remember, is considered by people in history as a rationalist, not as a mystic. He was the rationalist. He was an intellectual. Everyone is moida. The Rambam, Mr. Intellectual. Intellectualism, intellectualism, seichel, 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 rationality. You read this halachi, you see, it's not so simple with the Rambam. People like to classify the Rambam based on their own uh, sentiments. The Rambam was around the Rambam. What's, what's the, the avaruya means, the, the, the right love? What's the right amount of love? Like what's, you know, when you say, uh, what do you like to see from your daughter, from, your, from the chassan and the kala, your in-laws? Well, you know, what do you say, ah, it's a good relationship. The ketzad the avaruya. So the Rambam. A person should love Hashem with a tremendous, excessive, such an intense love that his soul is bound up with the love of Hashem and he's completely immersed in it as though he's sick with the sick of love. When a person with a woman, that his wife, his mind never ever leaves the love of that woman, and he never stops thinking about her, when he's sitting, when he's standing, when he's eating, when he's drinking. He's so overwhelmed with it that he can't get his mind over that woman. It's just impossible. It never leaves him. The image, the love, the relationship never leaves him. To the point he becomes sick from it. He's sick, lovesick. He says, more than that is Avas Hashem and the person who understands what this Ava means. That's why Shlomo Amalek says, Kichoylos Ava, Kichoylos, Kichoylos Avani. As Meshuggah for them. Who's the Rambam talking to? So this is Alacha, Hilchus Truva. Okay, he speaks this different Madregas and Avas Hashem. So when the Rambam brings a marshal of Avas Oysa Isha, it's not Pshat Stama metaphor, so people could say, oh, we know what that it looks like. <laughs> right? Because it's like so remote from each other. What you understand, Alpitaris Hachsidis, Alpitaris Abashemtiv, is that it's Hainu Hach. When the Rambam says Shir Hashirim is a marshal, it's not just a marshal for a nimshal. The marshal comes from the nimshal. The marshal stems from the nimshal. The marshal is the nimshal the way it's manifested in a lower world. You get? The marshal is the nimshal the way God articulates his love in a physical world, it's through a woman. Sometimes it's saying yes. Sometimes it's saying no. <laughs> Depends if you're married, v'chuli v'chuli, according to the halachas and Shulchan Aruch. Right? 
but it's not pshat, and this is this comes back to the other question: How does Judaism treat love, relationships, romance, affection? Many, very often in, in, in Torah observance circles, we run away from all these experiences as though they don't exist. But they do exist. And where do people get them from? Instead of getting them from Lakota Torah, they get them from YouTube. So all their images of love are distorted. When really, Judaism advocates a much deeper love than every, anybody else advocates. You can hear it from the words of the Rambam. And that's not even, that's not chsidus. <laughs> That's pure halacha. That's hilchis truvish. Yad chazaka Mishnah Torah. There's not a word oylam hatzilus in that book, or oylam habri or chelikalikami malmamish. That's Mishnah Torah. It's, it's halachic language. It's not even. That's not mystical language. That's halachic language. Shir Hashirim is is a, is, is a textbook. I once saw somebody Shir uh, Hashirim. They made a translation of Shir Hashirim in English. I was once writing an essay, and I was quoting a few psukhim shashim, and I needed an English translation. Shashim is complicated words, very graphic, very sensual. It's a poem, it's a love poem of eight chapters. So I take out, I see a shashim in English, I take out the translate, I start translating, I'm typing. This is not a translation. He's not translating, he's giving me what Rashi says, what the I need a translation on. So I look at his introduction, this person, and he says, that since Rashi says that Shir Hashirim is a mushal, so I didn't even translate it literally. I already translated it as the nimshal. He already translated it as the nimshal, so nobody should think that it's about a man and a woman loving each other, because Rashi says it's a mushal. So I told him that he reminds me of Yankel Finkelstein. Yankel Finkelstein in Warsaw translated The Merchant of Venice by William Shakespeare into Yiddish. So he writes like this, The Merchant of Venice by William Shakespeare, The Seucher from Venezia, from William Shakespeare, Ibegesetzt und verbessert durch Jankel Finkelstein. <laughs> Translated and enhanced by Jankel Finkelstein. He, he enhanced. This is even Shakespeare. It's a chuchot lulala. Then I said, you know, it's a pity that Shleima Malach didn't give, make, didn't make you his editor. You would have taken Shashin, he translated and enhanced by Pliny and Pliny. So he said, there's a question of tznius. If I translate it literally, it's a question of tznius. So I said, interesting, Shleim Melech never heard of tznius. You're the first one who invented tznius. I said, well, so why did they publish the text? So he says, Taka machleikus in Mesech the Yadayim. Taka Yadayim, there were those who didn't want to put Shashim into the Kisri HaKadosh. Amir Abakiva, Chas V'Shalom. Im kol Kisri HaKadosh Kadosh, Shashim, so I said, it's a pity that Rebbe never met you. You would have explained to him, it's not Kodesh it's a breach on Sneas. So he says, but Rashi says that it's a marshal. I said, no, Rashi says, the Rambam also it's a marshal. The Medrash says, all the Mepharshim say it's a marshal. So now I'm going to ask you a question. Why didn't Shloyma Melech write the Nimshul instead of the marshal? <laughs> You're brilliant, Chachma. Shloyma Melech didn't know the Nimshul? He never read that there's God and the Jewish people. Shlomo didn't know Chumash Dvarim, Chumash Vayikra, Chumash Shmois. He never heard of Matan Torah. He didn't know the relationship. Atam Tiyil Imam Lachas Koyin and Vegoy Kaddish. There's a bris. I don't understand you. Rashi says that it's all a marshal for Matan Torah. Rashi goes to all the Pesukim. Everyone holds The Malbim sees it as a marshal. So why couldn't Shlomo Malach write a book like the other Svarim of Tanakh? Yeshaya keeps on writing about God. Yirmiya writes about God. Yecheskel writes about God. Everyone writes about Hashem. The only one who doesn't write about Hashem is Shloim Amal. In Shashim, you don't have Hashem's name. At the end, you have it in Perik Ches, Rishafah, Rish Vayesh, Shalhevis Yutke. We have here any Eden who say Shashim Friday? Nobody, that's the problem. Rishafah, once Shalhevis Yutke. Even the Megillus Esther, which doesn't have Hashem's name, but it's a story of Hashgach, it's a story of providence. Shashim is a story of pure love. There's no, there's no morality there, there's no spirituality there. Shleim HaMelech didn't know this? And the Bakiva calls it Kaidish Kadashim? Why is it Kaidish Kadashim? It's more Kaidish than Chumash? It's more Kaidish than all the Nevi'im that speak about Hashem and the Jewish people? Clearly, Begali? <coughs> so why are you manipulating the text? Leave the text and explain what the text means. You don't have to be more from than Shleim HaMelech. The truth is, he meant well. He just didn't understand one of the Yisoides of Yiddishkeit. For him... The world of love is a trefer world. 
You understand? The Yiddishkeit is about Ruchnius. So whenever you see these expressions in Shashinim, you have to Shmeretnisht. So you right away turn it into a Nimshla and you're good. What Shleimah Melech was trying to teach was that Ein Oid Mulvadai. Lemi Yachpoid Zulasai. What's the Lashnay? What Shlomo Melech was teaching was that the love between the two, the two lovers in Shirashinim, that love is essentially divine love. The love down here is a mirror of divine love. The love between the Chassid and the Kala is a reflection of divine love. The body is a mirror of the soul. Earth is a reflection of heaven. Gashmias is a continuum of Ruchnias. There is unity in the world. There's no two universes. What's the Lushan? What is onto Rome? What is onto Caesar? Grant onto Caesar. There's two worlds. Hashemayim, Shemayim, Lashem. Ba'aretz Nasen Levenei Adam. That's Kan Koydem Bracha. I mean, Kan La'acha Bracha. Ha'aretz Nasen Levenei Adam. The famous Kotzke said, Ha'aretz Nasen Levenei Adam, they should turn it into Shemayim. There's an expression in Halachis, the Cherif Shabbos. Ain Kiddush Alba Makim Suda. What's that? Ain Kiddush Alba Makim Suda. If you make Kiddush in Shul, and then you go home and you want to eat the meal, you have to make Kiddush again because Kiddush has to be in the place of the meal. Unless you started the meal in Shul, and then you could continue it. Or if you make Kiddush upstairs, or and then you go down to another house or the basement, <laughs> so you have to make Kiddush again. Kiddush has to be a Makim Suda. So there's the reason in Rishonim why. It's the covered of the Suda Shabbos. It's whatever the different reasons. The chsidde, the pnimiyus the reason is the spiritual reason is ain kiddush elav makam suda. There is a kedusha of some people that is not makam suda. Meaning, a person goes to shul, closes his eyes during davening, picks up his hands and screams, nakdishach v'naritzach, kadosh kadosh kadosh, or nekadosh as shimcha ba'olam k'shem shemakdishem oyser b'shmei modem. I don't want to. Uh, Distinguish between the Nuschayas. Or Kesa Yitnu Lecha. Whatever it is. And a Shrite, a Shrite with closed eyes, with glancing the Kaigan, he's screaming Kiddush. He comes home, and suddenly he's an animal. His wife is late, late with the meal for 10 minutes, and he's in rage. He eats like an animal. He goes into the business, to the office, he backstabs, he lies, he cheats, he deceives, he abuses. In Shul, he's holy. He's holy. In the kitchen, in the house, in the office, it's all over. In Beis Medrash, God exists. Ain Kiddush The only Kiddusha that Judaism acknowledges is the Kiddusha that permeates, that informs, that enlightens, that elevates, that inspires the Mokim Suda, the party, the feast. There's no such a thing in Shul I'm holy, and at home I'm a wild animal. I'm a chayro. In shul I'm sacred, and when it comes to business, when it comes to personal relationships, when it comes to my wife, children, other people, friends, suddenly the person lost all of his kedusha. God is in heaven; He's not on earth. Ain kiddush There's oneness in the world. Shehashidim was the document that brought it out. If you want to suck the marrow out of love in this world, you need to discover the love of God to you and your love to God, because that is what love is. If it's true love between an Isha and an Isha, it's a part of Avas Hashem. It's a continuum of Avas Hashem. The Rechagav, I think I once heard from Rabbi Moshe Wolfson, you know, from Torah um, Vadas. He said that uh, the opening Rashi of Shir Hashirim is, the Rashi brings from Chazal, Rabbi Kiva says it's Kodesh Kadashim, Lo'yhoya ha'olam roi, Have Shirashirim here, no? First Rashi of Shirashirim, he says, The world was not a worthy place like the day that Shirashirim was given to the Jewish people. Shakolak Suvim Kodesh. All the writings, all scriptures, holy Shashirim is holy of holies. What's Pshat? The world was not a worthy place like the day of Shashirim. Shashirim was written by Shleimah Melech when the Beis Hamikdash was built. This is 
a half a millennium after Moshe Rabbeinu. So you had Yitzhiya, you had the, it's a thousand years, almost a thousand years since Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. You had Adam, you had Noyach, Avram Yitzhak, Yaakov, the others, the Imois, the Shvatim, Moshe, Aaron, Shmuel, David, the Shoftim, Yeshua, etc. All of them, the world is not worthy. The day of Matan Torah, the world is not worthy. The day Shehashidim is given, the world becomes Kedai. Why? It's based on this same Nakuda. Till Shir Hashirim, the world was not Kedai. The world was seen as a place of an arena where you're challenged in order to flex your spiritual muscles. And in the words of Perkeyavis, this world is a corridor. Prepare yourself in the corridor. Make sure you're. Your suit is neat, your tie is straight. If you don't wear a tie, other parts. So you should go into the palace, you should go into the mansion. This is a prusdur, it's a corridor. You don't set up shop in a corridor. You just walk by as long as it takes. 80 years, 90 years, 120 years, 180 years. The oilam is not kedai. The oilam is a meshug in a plot. It's a jungle. It's a place of, of, of evil, of negativity. And you look around and <laughs> there's a point to it. There was takamoshim at Aaron, great tzaddikim. Shehashirim was a chiddush. What was the message of Shehashirim? As the ganze welt is a marshal. The world is a marshal. That's the chiddush of Shehashirim. In other texts, the world is not a marshal. We go to the nimshal. Shehashirim is not about God. It's about physical, physical stuff. To the point that poems, language of Shehashirim is used in the world of Klippa very heavily. Because it lends itself to graphic descriptions of the human anatomy that is not holy. What's the Chiddush of Shir Hashirim? That the goof is a marshal. Love is a marshal. Intimacy is a marshal. What's a marshal? A marshal is it's all a metaphor for the relationship with the divine. The world became a place of Kadoyus. That's why it's Kadosh Kadoshim. So to speak. Not only Matstik, it, uh, it, uh, it gives credence to the world... It redefines. it redefines our perspective on how to look at the universe. It's a different veld. It's a marshal. It's all a marshal. It's a marshal for elikus. And therefore, you can only actually get the world if you understand the nimshal. Because if not, you're losing the point. It's like a person hears the marshal, right? And doesn't understand that it's a marshal for a nimshal. Somebody wrote me an email. Uh... Somebody wrote me an email and said, I appreciate all of your shiurim because of all the entertainment that's in them. Okay? That was supposed to be a compliment. He was honest. He was very honest. All the entertainment. Yeah. So I hear the marshal. That's it. It's also the marshal. If I don't get the nimshal out of the marshal, I didn't hear the marshal. Because the nimshal is the primius of the marshal. That's why it's Kodesh Kadashim. What's the difference between Kodesh and Kodesh Kadashim? So it says in the Kodeshit and Shehashirim, Kodesh means aloof. Kedushas Lashon Havdala. Separated. Rashi says Kedoshim to you, Prushim to you. You're separated. You're distinct. So what's Kodesh Kadashim? So he says, you're aloof from being aloof. Hecher, depart. You, you, you're separate. Kedusha is separate. It's something a shul is holy, a sefer is holy. It's, it's sanctioned. It's quarantined. So what's Kaddish Kadashan? You're Muvdal from being Muvdal. A double negative. A double negative. Which means you're right here. You're not Muvdal. You understand? Kaddish Muvdal. Kaddish Kadashim is you're Muvdal from being Muvdal. You could be right here. You're, you're so deep that you don't have to be deep. Right? You could be simple. You could be right down here. But it's Kaddish Kedushim because it's... It's really Kaddish Kedushim. It's a, it's a deeper Kedushim. So you can have two people right next to each other. One is Kaddish Kedushim, one is... Kedushim. One is Kaddish, so therefore he's detached from the environment. And one is Kaddish Kedushim, and therefore he's attached to the environment. It's not the same thing as not Kaddish. Right, of course. Just like this Maimah is not the same thing as saying that the world on its own 
is divine, separate, right? It's it's the opposite perspective, but so from this. I understand. I understand. It's just an expression. So Rabbi Kiva says, "She hashidim." The rest of Tanakh is kodesh. She hashidim is kodesh kadoshim. She hashidim describes the temples, the eyebrows, the eyes, the heart, the breasts, the thought. The hashidim describes things that, in another context, you say, "What's it do with Judaism?" It must be a nimshal. So why does he say it as a marshal? Because that's his point. If you want the goof, if you want to understand the emes of the goof, you understand, you have to understand, it's a tip in the Yamukyanas. So if there's any love in the world, it's only to him. So when the Rambam says it's like Avas Isha, non-stop, not a pastama marshal, so people should say, ah, now I get it. It's also a beard, it's a hesbird. That's why the Rambam finishes that the whole Shirashirim is a marshal. It's a marshal in I have a brother-in-law who lives in the Upper East Side of Manhattan. So he told me that he once, after 9-11, he saw an ad in the newspaper that uh, the Buddhists are going to gather together in order to forgive the perpetrators. So there was a Jew he knew who was going, and he invited my brother-in-law to come, and he thought he should be there because he could meet some interesting people. So there were around 300 people, Buddhists, but he looked around, they were all Jewish, basically. Which is usually the case. And uh, so they had the ceremony, whatever, they forgive. And at the end, there were questions or conversations. So somebody raises his hand and says, Rabbi, I want to ask you a question. He says, it's not my event. That's not like... No, no, I want to ask the rabbi a question. He right away sees he's not a Buddhist, he's a Jew. What do you ask? So he says... I completely disagree with you. You don't even know what I believe in. What do you disagree? He says, you hold that the path to God, the path to spirituality, runs through Judaism. But I tell you, the Dalai Lama, who is the leader of Buddhism, is a wonderful man. He's enlightened, he's sensitive, he's compassionate, he's wise. He's very deep, and he's full of love and joy and laughter. And he's not Jewish, and he never studied Judaism, and he has his own path to enlightenment. So therefore, I'm offended by your philosophy that you believe Judaism is the path for enlightenment, and really what you should be preaching is that there's different paths, Judaism may be one of them, and Buddhism is another path. This is his criticism on my brother-in-law before he met him, before he knew him, before he spoke to him, but he was already offended by him. So... uh, the problem was he didn't speak about Buddhism, he spoke about the Dalai Lama. Whenever you speak about a person individually, it's already a whole different process. What is he supposed to say? Dalai Lama is not a nice guy. So he tells him, listen, I completely would love to agree with you, but you said a lot of things about the Dalai Lama. He's nice and he's kind and he's positive and enlightened and loving and full of laughter and brilliance and wisdom, etc., etc. I can't believe anything you said. Because by Jews we have a rule. And that is, when anybody ever speaks about a man, we don't believe anything he or she says before we consult his wife. That's how we do it by Jews. We don't accept anything about any man if we don't first speak to his wife. So allow me to call Mrs. Dalai Lama. I'm going to ask her for her opinion. If she agrees with you, then I agree. That means he's really a good guy and that's a path. So the guy starts laughing and he says, now I see how ignorant you are. The Dalai Lama doesn't have a missus. That's the point. <laughs> That's the point. There are paths of deep spiritual enlightenment. But what they demand ultimately is segregation from the world. You go onto a mountain, you fast for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, and you reach deep places of awareness, let's face it. I hate to say sometimes much deeper than if you sit at a kiddush for 40 years eating herring. <coughs> There's deep places of spiritual awareness that people who work on themselves reach. Even though many of us are unaware of it, but there's very deep places of awareness that you reach through discipline and through various techniques of meditation, TM, nirvana, one and all, all in one, etc. Huh? No, because that's the difference. Ain Kiddush Elabamakim Suuda. In Chsidis, I always go back 
to transform the world, to elevate the world. Even here, the Nekudah of Einoid Mulvada is not about disengagement. It's It's that this is the definition of the world itself. It's not two separate realities. So therefore, if Kedusha means I have to remain detached, it may be beautiful, but it's not the type of Kedusha that is the Judaism's form of holiness, which is, which is transformative. That doesn't make that wrong. Huh? That doesn't make that wrong. In every in every in every philosophy in the world, there's an expression "ain't toiv b'loy rav, ain't rav Meaning, in every philosophy, there are nekudas of emes, no question. There are nekudas of toiv. There can also be mistakes. Where's their mistake? They don't have a. They don't. They don't have a chuyif to elevate. That's our view. Um, uh, elements of avodah zara are mistakes. Uh, Okay, so if it's not included, then it's fine. Elements of Avedas are a mistake. Emes is one. Emes is true. There could be different philosophies that have nitsutsus of Emes in them. And other nitsutsus, other things that are mixed up. Like a book, somebody writes a book on psychology, right? There could be sparks of truth in that book. Where, where would be a sense of something negative? I'm not, I'm not speaking, obviously, the Torah obviously is emes, and there's no, there's no other truth. But there is, a, for a guy to elevate, to go through his path to Hashem, they also believe in you. Perhaps, if it's not Avodah Zorah, yeah? Yeah, that's it. I'm saying, if it's Buddhism... Because there's a lot of elements of Avodah Zorah. It transfers into Hindus, not Okay, I That's what I'm saying, yeah. Shabbos is regular, and Sunday morning there will also be a shir, 9.30. And Shabbos the regular shirim as well, and we will resume this Monday, Be'ezer HaShem. Everybody have a wonderful Shabbos. He says that Timna, the idea of Minia, that you're prevented, is a Pilegish of us. I sent you a link at the Yoko, which asks his child's name. On Nail, really? Yes, sent it to On the email? Today? I'm going to ask a funny question. Maybe it's not, but, no question is funny. When you say, now I understand that everything is divine. I cannot meditate. What is the first thing you say? You say Hashem. Talk, I understand it. All about Hashem. That's the hardest part. That's the hardest part. The hardest part in all of this is that most of us have an image of God from childhood. A boogeyman. A boogeyman. It's Mamash Pesel. It's Pashta Statue. When it says Loisasel Chapesel. And he's standing there waiting to catch you. Everyone has it. Oh, not everyone, almost. For some people, it's a dark cloud. Some people, it's their father, or older brother, big eyes, darkness, a huge monster. Or what? Or careless. Or careless. So when we say about Hashem our instinctive God is an idolatry, is an idol. There's no God. It's like you tell me, Vahafta. Chaim Yankel, Bereb Shmedel, Klein, who lives in Manchester. I don't know who this guy is. That's what it is. My question is more, I understand if I can start, I, I'm getting, I'm growing up to understand that everything is connected to the yeah. one that is, that is in me, it's a yeah. piece of truth, I can connect to that, um, that there's a soiva from a mala and everything. I'm saying to concentrate that, to have to as a shem say that every day, many times. What am I thinking of? That boogeyman is still there as well. But when we keep on saying that everything is metaphors, the love and the relationships, all is a metaphor of the relationship with him. Him being who? Your true self? Is that a translation?
I, I think it's the place where your true self meets the true self of everything else. I don't get that. It's the place where your true self meets the true self of everything else. I can't translate that. I'm not sure there could be one definition. Once you pass that, there's no right rule. What are you supposed to visualize when you say Vahaftas Hashem? When a person is in a problem, it's got to be with me, help me, help me through this. I have this chickenish or whatever it is. Yeah, what, what are you envisioning? I gotta ask you a personal question. What do you see when you say that? He's saying when you say Vahaftas Hashem Alakacha, how do you, who is that? What are you, what are you thinking? The book, the, the, the coffee, the mic, the, the keys, everywhere. I can't myself. I'm loving myself. One second, I've almost got an answer. Please help me understand I don't think anybody's answer could be anybody else's answer. I really don't. So I asked you a person that you don't have to answer me, but you say, I have to, I mean, that for you, I would ask to anybody. What do you see? You can't see everything in this. It's been bothering me. For, and every time you say the word love with him, I'm like, who's him? What do you the word see him is also a problem. The word him is know, a problem. It, it, it limits us. If it's Einoid Malvad, it's Chanish Tehem. Him means him. I'm It's crazy about it. Can't wait till he gets a text. You know, he can't wait till he gets a text. Anybody has ever experienced that feeling? Pleasure to have you. Huh? Anybody ever experienced that feeling? It's Meshuga. You, 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 you don't sleep, you're in the shower, you Nothing. get dressed. You can't do anything. You're completely like anything. a zombie. But in, in this case... Huh? We're in love with Hashem that way. So, and you could see that the Rambam knew what he... Well, there is a reason for that position. I always try to protect the... No, I know that. I know. I kept the thing. We know that. There could be a Nikasachit Sainan, of course. No, even in the sense of talking about it or being open about the subject. Today's generation, it's a big mistake not to talk about it. Because everybody... Knows it anyway. Is knowing it and has, has access. Ninety-five percent. No, close. I need. I need to re, re draw that visual. <laughs> One perspective. There's more. Whatever, whatever is the most meaningful to you in life. Whatever is the most meaningful thing to you, what makes life worth living, what makes your life worth living, is there ever a moment you say, ah, is there ever a moment that you say, this is what makes life worth living? Barely, but uh, I've had. So the challenge is not to love God. The challenge is to love anything in life. Is there anything that we love? Are we bechal capable of love? It gets back to where I started: loving yourself. I think that's the point. Are we even capable of love? Or we're afraid of love. Many people don't experience love. They have infatuation, crushes, addictions, cravings, lust. Yeah. But love, love, where they're not trying to run from themselves, to numb something. What connection without Except, except wow. yourself. Hmm? So and that's his point here. If you're, if you're going to love, if you're capable of loving, don't worry, that's going to be him. <laughs> People have been bruised. Right. So that's the struggle so of life. I think our greatest challenge is not how we love God, it's how we love. Can we love? Most people Even can. our children, can we love our children? We love, not, not the love for what they do, but to make God yes. give me nachas. Is a good kid. Nachas, or just feels good, or they're cute. Nice puppies, two feet. The challenge is kind of love. Real love. That, that's if there's real love, it's already Tashem. 
Because I know it more than that. A lot of layers that have to be stripped. Yes. So the big emphasis is the hafta. You should love before you keep going further. And that's why the last word before is haboycher ba'ama Yisrael ba'ava. We were chosen. He chose you with love, with his love. Without, if you don't know about his ava, then you won't be able to have a hafta. If I don't feel loved, I can't love. Because love is very vulnerable. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.